What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Wind Down with Janet Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. So excited for this week's Wine About It Thursday therapy. We've got Mike Diamond. So he's an author, television personality, director, life coach, and interventionist. He got off to a bit of a rough start in life, battling undiagnosed dyslexia, exposure to drugs and alcohol at age 12, and struggling to finish high school. Stroke of luck, however, earned him a green card in 1997. And he moved to the States. So he's been on Miami Inc. and New York Inc. And uh, later directing, producing, and starring in Bondi Inc. Tattoo Crew. But um, despite all of this, uh, Mike found himself spiritually bankrupt and thoroughly miserable, realizing his life depended on it. In 2006, Mike decided to get sober. And with his life completely turned around, has now helped hundreds of people on their own path to recovery. Now as a life coach and television personality, Mike Diamond explains his tried and true methods for empowerment and offers tools and stories to help you find your purpose and create your ideal future. He's got a book out called The Dose of Positivity, Tools, Techniques, and Strategy to Live Life on Your Terms. Let's add that to cart and then add him on the show. Jenna. You you won't remember me. Oh no, I don't. Am I gonna like the story? Is this a bad story? Was this the story when we met in my twenties? Or (laughs) no, no, this is a great story. You're gonna when I tell you, you're gonna freak out. Okay, okay, I'm gonna. But no, no, no. Back in 2010, great. You, Alex Cordova, (laughs) right, was running Wet Republic. Okay. Yes. And you came to the pool party. I was the door guy that took care of you. Why, thank you for taking care of me. Yeah, you came to me like, I'm, 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 I'm this guy called Mike Tyson. I'm like, Mike Diamond? You're like, that's the guy. <laughs> you, you've got to. Yeah, and I, and I had the host here take care of you because Alex was waiting for you. And it was like thousands of people trying to get in. And I was like, I got you. And I made sure you're all good. And it's like, it was like 2010, I think it was. Yeah, you came to Wet Republic. Yeah, in Vegas. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I remember that. That's crazy. Hi, Mike. Good to see you. Not in, you too. Not in Vegas. 
Well, because I mean, like, I'm sure you can relate. We all have these moments. I, well, I say that to like, hopefully not feel alone in some of the, like in my LA era of 20s, wasn't the best version of myself, <laughs> you know? So sometimes when people are like, oh, I met you back and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm like, did we a date? Did we, was I like, what, where was I? Because I was so traumatized by like a former abuse and this and that and the other. And like, it's just, I I don't think I was presenting myself in the proper manner back in my twenties. So, you know. But I don't think any of us do. That's good to hear. Thank you. I think between 20 and 30, that's the whole point. Like I suppose, I remember when I started to come out about, you know, my sobriety and you know, people are like, ooh, don't talk about that. And I'm like, why? And they're like, you're supposed to save that for meetings. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not talking about someone else's mess up. I'm talking about my own. Mm. People need to know that you've got to fail forward. So I would constantly, because, you know, when I started working as like an interventionist and sober coach and I went from like literally doing fistfuls of cocaine and smoking crack and owned a I was Scott Weiland in New York City and was shooting a VH1 show when I was like, hmm, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> this is like, you know what I mean? Like you get to the top of a mountain and you're like, it's the wrong mountain. Mm. It's all, it's all, it's all lies. So when I got sober, no one did an intervention on me. I just was looking at Scott's life and, you know, here I am a kid from a small town, Perth, Western Australia. I win a green card and a lottery. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I had some sober friends. I'm just going to just do a 180 and see what happens. Craziest, craziest thing is that Scott's wife and kids w- were leaving. And he was looking at it like, I'm Scott Wyland. I'm like, I don't have wife and kids. I'm just destroying myself through all the physical trauma, like the mental, physical, sexual abuse I you know, went through as a kid, like just being abused and undiagnosed dyslexia, you know, and undiagnosed ADHD, just always beaten down and bullied that I self-educated myself. And intuitively, I was like, you know what? Even if I'm wrong doing all this coke and just putting on a show for people isn't right. Mm. But I was making people so much money that no one, everyone enabled me. Mm. You know, you become like a puppet and you see a lot of, like, you look at someone like Amy Winehouse. There's no way Amy Winehouse should have ended like that. Because, you know, so it's like, I I think between 20 and 30, that's that time that if you are talented and if you don't get, you don't want to be industrialized and and you've got got intuition, you're going to make a lot of mistakes because you're finding yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's like you've got to make a mess in that process. Right. It's it's always ugly because we've we've been put in these boxes as kids through the schooling system, right? And then we and then if we come from you know any kind of dysfunctional family, which most of us do, right? And then there's the generational trauma, which is downloaded and downloaded and downloaded, right? And then you we come out in the world and we have this authentic self that wants to thrive, and if the environment isn't set up for us to thrive, what happens? The authentic self has to get buried. We have to play a character to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then we go through this massive hormonal change in our teen years and we feel insecure. We don't know who we are, right? And so if we don't have 
good mentors or role models or people that have actually walked the talk and, and not giving us lip service but have experienced it, we have no navigation system. Yeah. How do we know? We get into our 20s, we get a little fame or we get a little like, a little self-esteem boost because someone's likes us. And we're like, all right, I guess I'll go on a run. <laughs> I hope this fills the hole. It's interesting, though, that you had that like you were able to have that perspective because I feel like a lot of people when they're, and I, I, I can't, I don't, I don't, and I don't know this, like I shouldn't say like a lot of people, cause I don't know. I haven't been in that situation where, um, you know, I was using like that, but you know, to look and go, okay, this is not the life that I want. So the fact that you were able to kind of have that like freeze frame moment must've been just yeah. like a very out of body, but also like like the, was that the moment that essentially saved your your life? Yeah, it was. It was that pivotal moment. I'll be honest with you, Jenna. I've got really, really good intuition. As a kid, like I always had that. I know people really well. I'm good with people. I've always had that. Just I just know, and it it gets punished out of you by the system. Like you know, don't trust your intuition. That's not what we're telling you to do that creative part of you. So I just, it was like that movie, uh, Sliding Doors with Greta Paltrow. I literally just zoomed out. I, I zoomed out and, and, I'm, and I'm good enough to know my, my, myself and say, all right, if I'm doing this all over and over again, now, if, whatever the pain is, and that's why I talk about in my book, A Dose of Positivity, it's dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, mm. right? We're all searching for those happy brain chemicals mm -hmm. and there's empowering ways to get that dose and disempowering. So when there is trauma or pain or whatever, mm -hmm. but we don't feel enough, we, we search for the dose. Now, my thing is, yes, it's genetic and environment. My thing was cocaine and alcohol, mm -hmm. right? But there's a point that you, you sit with yourself every addict does and they ask themselves mm, all right this is not it's not fun anymore because mm -hmm. i can admit there was a lot of fun i had sure. a lot of good times sure. you know what i mean it wasn't like it was all I, I was having fun i was partying with rock stars i ran all these nightclub doors and you make a ton of money and you're in your early 20s and you think you've got the world in your hand but really you're holding on to sand because mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, say it's like, oh, things are getting weird. Yeah. And it was just that moment where I was like sliding doors. I was like, all right, I know what happens. I think I'm. this is the luckiest thing. I do everything to an extreme and I paid the price of accumulating a lot of materialistic things that I thought were going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. And, and I stepped back. You know what I mean? And as soon as I stepped back, I was like, okay, let me do, let me take my life and then find purpose. Like the purpose was just filling the hole. It's honest. I was lonely. I was, I, I mean, to this day, Jana, my family never reads my books. They ask me if I still work. Like, I'm on, I'm, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like I've never had, and this is the, this is the messed up thing. Um, and I'll tell people this. Your intuition is the, the strongest meter and the universe has a better plan than we do. Mm. But you, doing the right thing isn't easy, but doing the easy thing isn't right. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You've got to yeah. stick by your good values and morals. And like I, the only reason I got my green car was there was a teacher that took advantage of a student and we were out one night 
And the next day I had to make a decision and leave acting school to help her. And I thought, you know, I went to the same school as Hugh Jackman. You go to acting school, you get it, you get, you go get an agent, get your green card. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to get a job in a clothing store, but I, I, I preserved her values by showing her that she shouldn't be treated like that. And she shouldn't, you know what I mean? No one should be treated like that. And then a, a customer in the clothing store ended up giving me a green card lottery ticket. Wow. I was unaware of a lottery thing. And I sent it in and six months later, I got the green card. Mm-hmm. Do you have, do you have like, are you, are you spiritual, believe in God? Like, do you, do you see oh, any of those absolutely. moments? There's where, a source. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Everything. No, no, no. I, I, we all have a. Because those moments where I'm like, that's a God wink. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's yeah, like a Absolutely. Yeah. That's not coincidence. Yeah. Every look. God puts us, look, I always say, okay, your calling isn't a conference call. Mm -hmm. The universe calls you, right, Mm -hmm. to uh, work hard, to acquire a skill set that brings value to other people. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I've always been good with people. My my job is to help people sick and suffering. Okay? I'm, I'm just naturally, I just don't have to think. If I see a homeless person and they're struggling, I don't have to think, oh, I don't look, I'm like, how can I help you? And that's why I got into doing interventions. It wasn't because I don't do what I want to do. I do what I'm called to do. That's beautiful. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, 
We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I always, um, like, I look at my upbringing and I'm like, okay, I can, I can look and go, right, there was a, a, a pile of childhood traumas. I had a pile of beliefs about myself that was told to me. Um, so then you, yep. I believed them um, up until, you know, <laughs> a year ago. Uh, and so when you start breaking that down, but it was interesting, we just had um, my buddy Jason Waller on and he's, you know, he was in the spotlight and he was a recovering addict, but it, like, he had a perfect childhood. So it's like, that's the piece where I'm always so interested because I always go, well, it's the childhood traumas. It goes back to the childhood wounds, but it's like, in his case, I'm like, then what was it? So it's like, is it like, it's not just that piece. It's also the shame messages. It, like, is, is it then the shame messages? So it's like, what for you was like that message that made you take this path? I think, well, if you really want to break it down scientifically, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at the first seven years of life, that's when the brain is programmed. That's when the subconscious mind, right? And we know the subconscious is 95% of the programming, right? Mm -hmm. We're not really conscious of a behavior until it becomes self-aware. Did you say seven? Between zero and seven. Yeah, the first seven years. So those first seven years is where the environment and the people, the place and things program the subconscious mind, right? And that's, the, you know, people don't realize it's, it's, it's every bit of information that comes into your brain in those seven years become our behavior and beliefs. So, and this is another thing that people don't understand. Energy is the most important thing for a young child because we pick up what is being downloaded in the relationship of the, the environment. So even if people tell us they love us, but they don't show love, we get confused, mm-hmm. right? Or they abuse us, but I love you. You're like, well, why are you abusing me and telling me you love me? So maybe that's how it is. I get abused and that's how, and then the person says, I love me, right? Yeah. Well, you're around alcoholism or you're around screaming and you're around all these things that we don't know have built that software now. So when we go out in the world and we start to function, we're going to be triggered by all these things. And we're unaware of what's triggering us because guess what? Uh It's buried in the subconscious. So let's just say you as Jenna used to get mocked every day by your neighbor. All right. And he was just mean. He bullied you. And, And at the time, you know, he was a little older and he smoked cigarettes and the nicotine has the Mm -hmm. association with that abuse, right? Years go by and someone starts smoking cigarettes and that trauma is, is buried in the subconscious and you don't know what it is about that person smoking cigarettes. You're like, I don't feel good because it stays buried in your amygdala. And the, malig- mal- the amygdala, the, the, the primitive part of the brain, can send you into fight, flight, freeze or feed mode before the body can actually, you know, we can rationally think in our prefrontal cortex what's going on. So when people say, like, when they say stuff, like, I was so emotional, I wasn't thinking. You're like, yeah, because your emotions had hijacked you to say something. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, my God. Or like you sent that email. Or you chase someone seven exits. You know what I'm saying? It's like we do it. because, But we don't realize that, that 
And I always say it's like, if you get triggered, the body gives us signals. Like if you're hot around someone or if you feel uneasy, that's the body saying warning. And if you start to like look in really deeper into the subconscious, right? So like, I'll give you a perfect example. Where were you September 11th? I was in a uh, junior year of German Frau Barner's class. So do you see how you didn't even have to think about it? Yeah. That traumatic event is so ingrained in your subconscious mind that I just said that and you knew exactly where you were. So now think about this. Think about seven, the first seven years of your life and then what goes on after that, that's in there that you may not even know that is triggered from how the, our five sensories, right? You say something, you hear something. I could, like, I could say, you know, uh, uh, Sweet Child of Mine, the song Sweet Child of Mine. What, what, what's your first opinion of that song? It's great. I love it. It's a sing-along. All right. But, but, right, but, you, but you have a good memory, right? Yeah. So it's like, see how these things, so it doesn't matter. People, people could say they have a perfect upbringing. But if you start really digging into their childhood, you will see that they've had to perform a character, right? The only one reason that we use is we, if we can't be authentic and, uh, and show ourselves unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because why would you have to, right? Mike, do you have kids? One. What, what's the age? He's five. He's a boy, but I didn't download all my insanity on him. He's clean, dude. He is. He lives in the zone. He's live. Is I'll self-educate him. He loves people. Like there's no stress. The, uh, this is so funny. I got beaten so bad as a kid and abused. Mm. And you'll laugh, right? I never raised my voice around him, and it, it takes a lot to get me triggered now. Yeah. And I never yell in front of him. And I was on the phone the other day, and I was like, "Dude, you're not." Get-. And he's like, "Dad." I was like, what is it, buddy? He's like, that's way too loud. I was like, mm. you little brat. Like, Good for so him, cool. though. That's so right? cool. He, yeah. He checked me like, no, yeah. no, no, we don't like, you don't raise your voice like that. Like, I was like, is this guy for oh, real? Like, you little, you little turd. Like, <laughs> he was checking me. He checks me. You're like, that's you have no idea not. what I heard. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Like, you, and like, I protect it. Yeah. Like if I'm like, no, nah, like I had this beautiful moment because I was pushed so bad into sports and I was a really, really great athlete. And, but my mom was really sick and just mentally not where. And, and when I'd win, she'd just call me a show off. And if I lost, my dad would abuse me. Oh yeah. It was, it was really bad. Right. And they never treated my other three siblings like that because my older brother got encephalitis at seven. My sister was 13 weeks premature. And my other brother kind of, he was like the, you know, like, he got his own kind of mental stuff from them, but no abuse. So he wanted to sit out T-ball and I was like, fine, sit that out. I don't, I don't know, whatever. And he, and he watched, watched the game and watched the innings. And then the coach said, does he want to come in? I said, I don't know. I'm asking. He's five. I'm not going to push him. Mm-hmm. It's T-ball. I'm not playing for the Yankees. <laughs> and he dressed up as Bumblebee one day and the coach said, you know, Bumblebee, the team needs you. He got on the field and crushed it and won the game ball. And it was really good for me to not feel like I, he, I don't live vicariously through him. Like he doesn't have to be this person. I'm going to lean into who he is. And then I'm going to give him the skills and, and teach him discipline and model that behavior. So he goes, all right, my dad's up at three or four in the morning. My dad meditates. 
My dad does this. My dad's kind. He works hard. All right, that's what I see. I guess I'll do that. You know what I mean? Not like, go do it. Go do it my way. Sure. I don't know his way. You know, I don't know his way. I've got to kind of give him a good, healthy environment to mold himself. Oh, but I love that though. Especially, I mean, because I have a seven and a four-year-old. And so, you know, I'm, I... And I, uh, a couple of years ago, went through a divorce and it's just, you know, trying to be like, okay, like, because I know these ages, because my, my childhood goes, wound goes back to six. So it's like, I've been so hyper vigilant of like, not, you know, screwing them up. And like, I know there'll be something probably, I don't know which, what it is, but like, you know, just doing the very best with, with that piece. But I'm curious, you know, with your book, is there a, is there something where you still struggle with positivity at times? Oh yeah, and I, this is you'll love this. So oh, absolutely, yeah. So this is you know, you, you, they go. God will give you what you know. Um, you can what you, you can you can handle or whatever the thing is. So you know, I get the book deal. It was hard to get a book deal. I had to. My agent was useless. Um, <laughs> I had to. Um, Most are. I, I took. Yeah, I had to take on a crazy job. So. I intuitively know what to do. So I get a call to, to detox this guy and I don't want to do it. It's COVID. I don't want to do it. And my agent's like, I'll sell the book. Don't worry. Why don't you want to do it? What was the, like, the, the it was just like, it's hard, Jenna. It, it, and I, and I'm not, I'm not going to, there's, if you call me for help, right. As a person, I don't, I, no, I, I've never had anyone. People abandon me and didn't believe in me. I don't abandon people. I'm empathetic. Like I see you getting beaten down. I stand up. You I let I, people into wet republic. You know what I mean? Like I was a, yeah. I, I was kneading <laughs> in, you know, and you, you let people in. Oh, I'm like Jenna Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I know, I know the detox is going to be bad. He won't go to treatment and the, he won't do the like, detox. So, I, so that, yeah. So they, 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 I said, just give me a ticket. I, I, I set a price up. I said, give me the ticket. So I get there. I said, I'll just have dinner with him. I have dinner with him. He's like, will you detox me? I'm like, yeah. Now, this is what you got to remember. When I detox someone one-on-one, -on -one, it's me and them in a hotel room for 10 days. I barely sleep for 10 days. Mm. So it's real stuff. But I'm going to get you through it. And that's my skill. I can endure a massive amount of pain from my upbringing. And I have massive resilience. I mean, I ran 30 half marathons in 30 days after stomach surgery. And I was told I'd never run again. Wow. And I'd ran one half marathon before and I was told I'd never heal myself again. And I healed myself naturally of ulcerative colitis. So it's like, I have this innate ability to just zone in. So I did the detox, got him clean. And then I was like, I'm going to get out of here. And, and his dad called me and he said, what's the program like? And I was like, it sucks. It's not a good program. So the dad goes, all right, I'll put you in a private plane, set up a program with my son stay with him in DC and I had to fly back and forth and put my body on the line to get this guy through. And I got him through it and I got back and my, my agent couldn't sell the book <laughs> and wasted my time. So I was like, okay. So when I'm in those frustrations and negative moments, I sit by myself and I breathe and I, and I get to do a mindfulness session and I'd heard of an agent called Bill Gladstone, who represent Eckhart Tolle. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to do what I do. I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to send him an email and just say, hey, dude, i got a book ready to go on a proposal. My agent couldn't do st nothing with it. Could you, did you read the proposal? He read the proposal. 
read the book. He three weeks later he got me a publishing deal. Oh my god! But it gets better, right? I go. I want to call it a dose of positivity. They go absolutely. So we go into edits. I, I, I'd done two edits before. We go into edits. During the edited time, I get COVID three times. My stomach blows out with the ulcerated colitis. I'm not joking, Jenna. I don't want to be graphic. I was using the bathroom like 25 times a day. Dying, literally dying. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to edit this manuscript within the time they said, re-edit it with the notes, right? 70,000 words. And I'm sitting there going, I brought this on myself. The last thing I want to do is be positive. Like, I'm losing my mind. Like, I can't hold down food. I've had COVID three times. I have ulcerated colitis. And I give myself this karma by calling the book a dose of positivity. Right? Because so now I, I have to be positive. Right. So, so I, I start laughing. And then what I do is I go, see, this is going to be such a great story. This is why I have to do this. It's teaching me to get out of my way and, and I'll heal myself, which I did. And then I'd read Viktor Frankl who like he goes out and he's in Auschwitz and he, you know, he's positive. And I read all these incredible inspiring people that they take the adversity and you sit in it. it it's a lesson. There's never a loss. There's a lesson. And it taught me, it taught me to slow down. It taught me to be patient It taught me to be grateful, be grateful. I've got a book deal. Be grateful that the, that the other agent, be grateful. I got someone sober. You know what I mean? I'm still alive. I'm still, there's people, I've got friends of the dead that died during COVID. Grateful I got through COVID three times. So mm -hmm. I just instantly sit in the pain and I, and I don't become a victim. I'm like, what's the victory? How can I get a win out of this small thing? You know, because I know I'm going to get through it. I always tell myself, I'm like, I can figure this out if I just slow down. And so, yeah, but I'll be honest. I'm not one of those people that wakes up in the morning at three in the morning and bells and whistles and does car wheels. Like, I'm grumpy. I was like, <laughs> Oh, I don't want to do this because it's hard. It's hard to get up. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I can be very positive, but I can also be very pessimistic where I'm just like, it's not going to happen because it's never happened. So like, why am I like continuing doing this thinking that I'm going to get a different result that I've had in the past? Like, it's just, it's not going to happen for me. And that's the, that's the like ugly side of like my brain sometimes. And the other side is so grateful and so thankful and, and happy. But there's also that piece. I think the, the thread in that was I didn't think I deserved to be happy. And so that's like what has been my work, like with my therapist it was like, I didn't like that is like, it, we were doing EMDR and we're like trying to figure it out. And I was like, I just stopped and I started bawling. And I was like, I don't think I deserve it because it, everything that like, again, the messages and everything yeah. else. And like, that was the biggest piece to like overcome. Now I still have moments of like, you know, that, that creeps back in. Right. But it's like, it's hard to be positive 100%. So it's if you, for, for someone like you that's written this kind of book, it's, you know, it's it's nice to hear that that you too have those moments oh, where yeah. like, this is, it's because life is hard God. and things get thrown at you, but it's just there, it's like you, your tools in the book. Like, obviously I want my listeners to, to read the book, but like, what are some of those tools and techniques that you go to when you need, like, help getting there well the first thing you have to do is like i always say like what you said was really beautiful it's like it, whenever i'm going through something and i and i had that this past like things that didn't go my way so i'm triggered thinking it's not going to go my way i'm like well okay well what can i do right now mm-hmm. what's the the most what can i do to just in this moment because look let's just be straight jenna in all reality all that matters is me on a podcast with you. That's it. That's the purest form of reality, right? I am sitting on a podcast with you. So I, I there's two techniques that'll save someone, right? The first one's called stop. So if you as Janet Kramer or me as Mike are sitting on this podcast mm-hmm. and for some reason you're not actually calm right now because there's no threat right now. Even if they were at your house trying to take your stuff or someone, you don't know something's happening to a child. You're with me now. So there's no threat, right? The only mm-hmm. threat is if something in the environment triggers a threat, right? So there, emotionally, you become disturbed. Now, a technique that'll, that'll, that'll help you regulate your sympathetic nervous system and get back to parasympathetic nervous system is called stop. And it's simply you tell yourself, I've got to stop. Wherever you are, you just say, I've got to stop. I've got to stop, Right. And the second thing is T, take a breath. Now, when I say take a breath, it's proper, deep, diaphragmatic breathing. It's not people go, oh, I'm breathing, I'm breathing. I'm like, yeah, hyperventilating, right? And you don't have to do Wim Hof. You just need to breathe in slowly, 
expand the diaphragm, breathe out slowly. Usually five or six breaths will help you regulate your emotions. And I always say to people, you know, if you watch a boxing match or a UFC fight, right, you see they're, they're in a real fight, even though the media make, makes it out this desensitize the violence. It's violence. It's people trying to kill each other. When they get back to the corner, the first thing the corner man says is breathe. That's it. Mm -hmm. Breathe. Because you get that time to breathe and regulate, go from sympathetic, parasympathetic, into your prefrontal cortex. Now, observe. You're either afraid you're not going to get what you want, you're going to lose what you have, you have some of guilt, guilt and shame or some sign of insecurities from the past, or guess what? You're worried too much about the future. Mm -hmm. Right? So if it's one of the four, mm -hmm. guess where you're not? Present with me. Mm -hmm. So then you pee, proceed, right? And, and take action when you're calm. So you actually respond and take critical thinking action, right? Not emotions, not reacting not regretting what you've done because your emotions have actually the energy emotion has put you in the wrong course right so the second technique is called stamp and when you are ruminating over and over again because remember it's either feeling then acting or thinking thinking your way into the feeling then acting right there's two different things you can overthink something get emotional and act like a crazy person or you could be triggered, right? Then act like a crazy person, then think about it. So the second one is to stamp. And I say stamp is like stamping on the ruminating negative thoughts. Stop again, take a breath, breathe diaphragmatically. Once you start to breathe diaphragmatically, A, adjust my thinking, okay? I'm now breathing, adjust it. So what is something I can be grateful for? What am I ruminating on? you've got to get clarity. If you find one thing to be grateful for and you can slightly reframe whatever you're ruminating on, like you're not enough, I'm not going to get enough or I don't have enough, it's usually that. I want this, but do you need it, right? Mm -hmm. If you've got your primary needs met, it's usually a want, right? Mm -hmm. And then M, I'm now M going to make the change, right? And proceed to be grateful or take action in a positive way. And then P, after you've made the change, you proceed. You get on your way. And like anything, it's learned behavior. The more you practice slowing down, breathing, and setting yourself in the moment, the better you get at it. Now, we, the world is not designed to make us do that. This phone, we're always scrolling. Not enough, right? Comparison syndrome, right? Negative people, toxic people telling us all these things, downloading their day on us. The filters. <laughs> right, right. Showing us that we don't look good enough. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you just need to sit yeah. alone and just, mm -hmm. and it's very important to be around like the right people. Like you've got to know who you're sharing with. Like I don't share, I have to do a lot of journaling and, and alone time. And I share with a couple of people because it's like, you think you can share your stuff with people and then they, start acting strange like dude all right then you can share your stuff with me and i won't tell you much right not everyone wants to get deep and ugly and get through the stuff oh it's like my favorite thing i like that's like my connection like i when i like, i don't i don't love the small talk when i no. meet someone like i just i'm like i need to know what's inside the <laughs> deep i want to know like what's your what's your wounds like what's your like yeah. and how can we like you know heal and grow and learn because i, I always that. think i mean everything that 
you know, when I fail, that's my biggest learning lesson. So that's, I'm always looking at it like, okay, what did I learn from this? How can I do better? Or what can I, you know, how can I grow and heal and continue? And I'm, I'm adding a dose of positivity to cart right now. <laughs> and I want everyone to do the same. Mike, this has been my favorite full circle moment I think I've ever had oh, with you so on the show awesome. from, from Vegas. So like, just thank you for um, being so vulnerable and sharing your heart and, and, you know, having, cause I think it's, it's not, it's definitely not easy to be positive at all, but to be able to um, be such a figure for people and someone to look up to the fact that you've gone through so much in your life to be able to still be positive. It's like, I almost want to be like, other people can't complain. You know what I mean? Like you, like you, you are living proof that like you can overcome and you can still be positive and have hope. You know what it is? I'll tell people the three simple things. Okay. Break the rules. Always break the rules. Okay, whatever rules are, they were created by man. They weren't created by spirit. Second thing is respect man-made laws because wherever you go in the world, the laws are different. So, you know, you don't want to be locked up for doing something dumb. Don't bring weed to Russia. Yeah, right? Right? Don't do that. <laughs> Check the laws. You don't know. You don't know laws. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get stopped the other day at the airport, right? Because I had some powder, some Metamucil with some glutamine, and the guy goes, "It's go, it's a, is that a bomb device?" I was like, "The only bomb you're going to get is the fiber blowing through your butt. It's not a bomb, dude." And they had me waiting for forty five minutes, and they like full searched me. And the guy goes, "Do you want a private room?" I said, "Dude, I have no problems people touching me in public. I have no shame. I I used to do eight balls of cocaine, and I'm on to going to an intervention to save a crackhead. Like, yeah." And they're like, "Searching my mic, dude. I don't care." I have no, you're not going to embarrass a guy like me. I've done it all. <laughs> right. And, um, and the third thing is you must obey spiritual laws. Mm. Okay. Study them. Law of attraction, law of correspondence, law of synchronicity, law of karma. You reap what you sow. Right. And always do something with the right purpose. Because if the cause is right, the effect is always money. Okay. Amen to that. Put people first and bring value to others people and you will profit i love that mike thank you so much for coming on the of show like, seriously you're just um a breath of fresh air we'll have to so. connect i would love that i'm gonna dm you yeah. right now yeah i will and anything you need I'm, a, I'm one of those real guys like i'm like i'm there to help and serve and just whatever people are going through i get into the, the muck and the weeds and you know you need you need like they say you'll love this this is a great video and there's a male lion screaming out and he's got 20 hyenas trying to kill him. And another male lion from when he was years ago, an old friend, hears a, the call from five miles away and he runs over to help him. And two male lions make 20 hyenas run. And I always say to people, you only need one or two people in your life that mm. can be there for you when things fall apart and the rest of the pack doesn't matter. But just have one or two people that are your engines that help drive you that just are there for you. And that's all you need. I, I love that. I, and I 1000% agree. So yeah, you're the best. Thank you for coming on and um, I'll see you soon. Bye Jenna. You're the best. Hey. 
Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.